Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people, Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen, right in time for Halloween, recording this on the 29th of October, getting ready for the, my favourite holiday of the year because I love myself a little bit of Halloween, and what more appropriate album for us to be talking about than the album that includes the song Enter Sandman, uh, Metallica's Black Album. Uh, this is one of my favourite podcasts we've recorded in quite a while, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Uh, as always, get in contact, let us know what you think. Um, trying to tell you what's been going on recently um just been kind of applying for brighton fringe shows it's that time already uh, looks like i'm gonna have a couple of shows next year in brighton fringe hopefully uh some of you guys can come and see some of them i'll let you know more details as and when i know them uh what else can i say to you not much really i mean obviously i've got on the edge comedy that's taking place this friday uh that's the first of november got the wonderful julie jepson local brighton act who uh absolutely smashes it every time tickets are selling like hotcakes for that one um presuming that hotcakes sell well don't know never bought one as always this podcast is brought to you by on the edge comedy which is brighton's best new act new material night taking place on the first and third fridays of every month at the carolina brunswick pub uh, we always bring fantastic acts always handpick them always stand by all our lineups uh, at the moment for the rest of this year it's only six pounds to get in we are increasing our prices slightly uh but yeah do come along on the 20th of december if you're about that's my birthday special got an absolutely fantastic lineup we're not announcing who that is yet but we've got really really short lineup for that one uh tickets are on sale now please come on down and say hello if you're looking for something to do um anyway with no further ado gonna crack on with this special me and krista waffles the dog gonna be talking to you about metallica's the black album please do enjoy it and get in contact with us later Welcome to Pop Collaborate and Listen, episode 12, season 2. Uh, I'm here with Krista Greer. All right. How are you doing, Dave Fenton? I'm all right. Uh, we're here with Waffles Dog. Waffles. He's under the chair. I'm trying not to kick you in the face, but if I do, I don't mean to. Okay. I mean, t- please don't. Oh, no. I'll try not to. I'm just guaranteeing nothing that, you know, it might happen. I, mean, I, I, I find this kind of... Uh disclaimer up front in disingenuous yeah it's one of these ones yeah you know it's basically you can't blame me if i've already said it it's one of those ones <laughs> fair enough let's see how that holds up <laughs> yeah. in court. dog kicker yeah yes well look um i'm back in the uk after a 10 day trip to america yeah you've been away for a little while man i'm jet lag as fuck mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm looking forward to today though but yeah full of the joys of theme parks and roller coasters uh, yeah and sick sick in my feet yeah Ugh. discovered i'm actually quite uh 
Yeah, roller coasters make me feel a lot sicker than they used to. Oh, why is that? Because I'm fucking 43, bro. Oh, right. Mate, that that stuff gets you as you get older. Oh, interesting. You know, a lot those video those kind of they've got a lot of these 3D rides out in the theme parks in Florida. Right. And motion sickness on those is a motherfucker. Oh, okay. I went on a Harry Potter one and I'd just eaten my breakfast. I'd eaten a bacon ate a breakfast at uh uh, uh, Wendy's. Yeah, good. Uh, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it fucking was, man. You'd love it. Um, had a coffee and uh, I nearly saw both of those items again. Shit. Had to leave the theme park and go and watch a movie. Jesus. True story. Wow. And this is from like a hardcore roller coaster fan. Mate, I'm not. It's 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 going. Wow, fair it's, enough. Uh, that was, it's you know, not quite as much as my hair, but uh, <laughs> I didn't think that was going to be a thing, but no. it is a thing. It's That's fucked up. Oh, well. But yeah, so no, the reason I'm excited today, though, well, yes, this is right up your street, what we're doing now, isn't it? Yeah, what's, what, what album are we doing today, We Christa? are listening to Metallica's self-titled or Black album. Oh, yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Christa so, Greer. so give, give me your... Uh, right, it's, it's, it's 1991. Yeah. Dave is sitting at home. What's your what's your relationship with Metallica so far? 1991? Yeah. No relationship at all. Nothing. 1991, I am listening to a lot of Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my big thing. Um and I have, it wouldn't be until the Freddie Mercury concert that I got okay. into Metallica. Right, we've mentioned that before because you yeah. saw them on, what did they play on there? Just a couple of songs. Uh, they played uh, a couple of Enter Sandman, they oh. played Sad But True. Right. Uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell that story during the album. Right, actually. sure. Uh, yeah, they, and they they played uh, they played a Queen song. I, can't, I guess they played Stone Cold Crazy. That I would make sense. I can't remember, yeah. but um, yeah, uh, loved them basically. Oh, well, Let me straight away. You saw them on there. I went, "This is wicked." Straight away, I see. loved them, loved them, loved okay, them. Okay, and so that was ninety so, two. So yeah, I went into this era of Black Album mm-hmm. Metallica without any of the baggage mm-hmm. of fans that were long term Metallica fans, because obviously, yeah. Uh, the thing about this album uh, represents the first time them working with Bob Rock. Indeed, uh, represents quite a big change to the sound. Yes, uh, moving away from the kind of the big epic thrash metal stuff that they were known for, um, and this is a kind of uh, a more chart bothering. Well, this is a very different type of band, really, yeah. isn't it? Because this is the fifth album, and the previous four had been a lot faster and heavier and rawer and grittier, that sort of thing. Yeah, they? for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you know, if you listen to you know, if you listen to Kill 'em All and you listen to this spam, with the exception of I mean I mean you could you could think they were two totally different bands. Right, you could be told that. Um mm. but, but anyway, so in ninety one you didn't know any of the back cat. No. And so you came into this in ninety two, this was your first introduction as yeah. an album. And, and, and to be honest with you, I mean I got I got into this album hard. Oh really? Hard, hard, Strict, hard, but... hard, 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 hard. I know oh, this album okay. intimately. Indeed, yes. Know? I haven't listened to it for a long time as a whole record, a full thing, yeah. but I, I know the album very well. But I know all the other albums. Well, I know the first five albums very well. Okay, yes. Uh, yeah, I, got, I got into all of those at pretty much the same time. I just had a big, big Metallica. Not as big as my friend Darren's Metallica phase, I've got to say. Oh, mate, yeah, but we've been to festivals with Darren watching Metallica, yeah. and I've never seen a happier man. No, exactly, yeah. exactly. But, yeah, had a big Metallica phase. You okay, know. right. Um, so, yeah, what, what about yourself? Where were you well, with this record? I was absolutely unaware. Well, not unaware. Uh, I didn't give a shit, uh, yeah. and on purpose didn't give a shit. Fuck I, that heavy metal bullshit. It, it really was. I remember when Enter Sandman was released, I yeah. had a friend called Sean, who was a proper fucking metaler. He was, you know, your cut-off leather, or cut-off denim top sort of nice. shit, right? Proper into it. He's only a year or two older than me, 
but all he listened to was metal. Right. Um, and I remember going to the record shop in Belfast. I bought all my stuff. Um, the both of us went in, and he was so excited because he bought the 12-inch vinyl of Ender Sandman. Day nice. release sort of thing. Fair days. And I was like, what, what are you doing? What is this fucking nonsense? Actually, why, don't, why aren't you listening to Ned Summit Dustbin? Yeah, I mean, that, what a fucking, what a choice. I know. And anyway, so, actually, bear me one second. Oh, I've sure. just, just realised uh, I need to make a quick adjustment for this. Hang on a second. Oh. <laughs> for for the benefit of the listeners, Dave is putting on his denim battle vest. Fucking wicked, mate. Cut off sleeves. Some pa- What patches we got on there, Dave, please? I've got some Sabbath. I've got some uh, Maiden. Uh-huh. Lovely. Uh, I've got the oh, uh, Slayer one down there. Yeah, I've got some Carcass. Right. I've got some Baroness somewhere on the back there. I've got uh, the Jolly Green Giant. Yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> in the inside. I've got a Beastie Boys patch. I've got my oh, nice. I've got my Tool Fan Club patch on the back. Fucking right. I'm doing all right. Yes. It's all right. Okay. This this is definitely the the way it, to do this podcast. For yeah, I mean, it's you know, like it's like a true metal kind of new like kind of a new wave of british heavy metal purists are gonna not enjoy my jacket so much because i don't have enough kind of bands with unreadable logos on them no but, not at all and it looks far too you know well kept yeah yeah i mean i've I, you know you know how i roll mate i'm a clean cut man exactly, exactly. Shave, shave my head and my balls <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll, we'll get some images of that for the, the the yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't really shave my balls. <laughs> I hope not. I get waffles to pull them out with this rough time. <laughs> As I walked up here, I saw there was uh, some clippers on the hallway yeah. and just a little tuft of hair. Yeah, and yeah. You do have a very bald head, and that, I'm hoping it's from there. Yeah, it was straight. That was, yeah, that was my. I'd let my hair grow out a little bit too long while I was in the theme park. So yeah. yeah. So anyway, so, so yeah. So, so I, I was against this. Yeah, I, I literally was like, "Fucking what? They're called Metallica. Jesus, you fucking metalers. You're all the same." You know, like a dickhead, like a sixteen-year-old idiot yeah. that I was, and I didn't hear this album for years, mm-hmm. absolutely years. Um, I remember hearing Enter Sandman in some of the clubs I was going to, yeah. and I actually, because I probably didn't even know what it was the first time I heard it. I went, "This is all right." And then I heard it was them, and I lost interest. Yeah, and it wasn't until years later that I heard some other stuff from the album and went, "Oh." All right, but by that point, I had kind of broken down the metal barrier and was listening to heavier stuff than the, the, the indie stuff that I was into. Broken at that point. down the metal barrier. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a name of a metal record. It does. Yeah, well, Judas Priest. Yeah, Judas, yeah, Judas Priest. <laughs> breaking down the metal barrier. <laughs> yeah. So I was in total seclusion away from this album. It was all going on in a different world to me. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I would say you know, like. Sixth form was the place I got into loads of heavy music, and I, I went into I went into this already liking Metallica. Right, you know that that, that so it would have been that it have been the summer, the summer of ninety two. Right, okay. That I really really got into this record. Okay, so that that was that was my thing. But so for this album, when it comes out, nineteen ninety one, I'm not listening to it, but I'm not far behind. Basically, okay. I, well, you're definitely for, you're closer than I am because I was. Probably ninety five that sort of time before right. I heard anything else. Actually, no ninety four. I heard two more tracks off it from uh, in a friend's car, but it was ninety five, maybe even ninety six before I heard yeah. a full. Album. And I, I went to you know I, I saw this album toured two or three times as well. Oh shit! Right. Yeah, I was at the Wembley Arena show. Uh-huh. Um, I saw Milton Keynes Bowl touring uh-huh. this album. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I've seen Metallica so many times over the years. Oh, absolutely. I probably paid to go and see them individually like four or five times, but then. They've headlined probably oh, what, eight every festival, other year eight festivals, yeah. festivals or something that exactly. we've been at. Exactly. So yeah, okay. um, I mean I've got the records 
after these, but yeah. never really cared much. No, well, that's kind of the consensus from everyone. I think. Well, I, would, I mean, I think everyone is a is a big statement. I okay. think you. you I think you. A massive majority. Massive majority, but you will find within Metallica fans people that will argue the toss for all of those albums, even oh, will, but... fucking St. Anger. Oh, mate, there's a guy at my work. Uh, I said to him, oh, yeah, you'll enjoy this. I knew he likes a bit of metal. Uh, you'll enjoy this one we're doing. We're going to be talking about Metallica's Black Album. He went, oh, right, cool. Um, do you see they just did a new S&M thing? The new, I think yeah. it was just last week, they did the new recording S&M 2. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't even know that was happening. Fair uh, play. It was at the cinema over here. Like, Had was, I yeah. not been in America, I would have said we should oh, go and see it. Oh, I see. Well, and he said, oh, yeah, my favourite Metallica album is S&M. I was like, okay, I mean, that's kind of a great state. So it's a bit of a cop-out. It's a great Fine. record, though. It is a great record. But, okay, I'll give you that. And then he went, oh, my second favourite is St. Anger. And he was an idiot. Yeah. What's what? his name? Matt. Matt, you're a cunt. <laughs> yeah, that, I thought that was just a bizarre way to go into any... Matt, and you let this man work in your pub? I know. Well, I might have to fire him. I mean, mate, yeah. I, I would be worried that he's jizzing in your plates. <laughs> he is a chef. And, uh, mate, definitely yep. fire. <laughs> Chefs are all fucking mental. That's the thing. Uh, right, do you want some stats on this album? Yes, I do. Right. Uh, so, like you say, this was a very different sound. It was a much more radio-friendly sound, mm-hmm. uh, much more MTV-friendly, etc., etc., etc. Because the new producer and because of the songs themselves, sure, um, they were all encouraged to slow down their playing and to do you know lots and lots of takes yeah. so that they got this perfect, nice sheen on a lot of songs. And it really fucking worked. This sold a lot of copies. It went to number one in 10 countries. Yes, it did. uh, Including the States. Um, By September 2018, so about a year ago, uh, the album had spent 500 weeks on the Billboard album chart, making it one of only four albums to do that. Nice. Uh, The other three are Pink Floyd's The Dark Side of the Moon, uh, Bob Marley and the Wailers' Legend, and Journey's Greatest Hits. Fair So, So two greatest hits albums. And Metallica's Black Album and Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Um, it has never sold fewer than 1,000 copies a week since release. Right? <laughs> well, globally. Globally. Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry, globally. Yeah, absolutely. Since its release. And in 2016, it sold an average of 5,000 copies a week. I mean, I think, I've bought, I think I've bought this album six times. Right. Something around <laughs> really? that. About that. Yeah. Right, okay. I'm sure. I wonder. That probably does include reissues and... You know, uh, yeah. remastered versions, etc. I, et I, th- I mean, I've I think I've lost this album a couple of times, yeah. and I think I had. I can't remember whether I had. I, I may have had a tape originally. Okay, I've certainly got a CD. I've certainly got a CD now. Yeah, but I've had a lot of copies of this record. Fair enough. Never had a vinyl though. You got a vinyl. I got here. a vinyl. I got a nice double vinyl on that. Yeah. Fucking hell! Why have you got a vinyl and I haven't? I find this uh, second hand. I got this uh, like a record fair for about a fiver. Fair enough. Back in about ninety six. Fair enough. Yeah. The album remained in the top 40 of the Billboard 200 until two years after its release. Uh, and it was still in the top 100 all the way through to 1994. Fuck. Yeah, it has sold over 16 million copies in the USA. And that it's the first album in what is, they call the sound scan era, when they use a different method of being able to record sales. It's the first album to do that. Right. So this is a huge, huge album. Yeah, and it's all a monolith. Of it is an absolute beast. It's five singles released off it. Each of the, those were pretty big singles as yep. well, and they the, they span release from July nineteen ninety one for the first single to February nineteen ninety three for yeah. the last one. So a year and a half after this album came out, they were putting out a single. Yeah, and, and these were 
you know, to put in perspective, these were enormous tours they were doing as well. Yeah, they were constantly on massive yeah. tours. The tour cycle for this record lasted for about five years. It so, was as forever, yeah. 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 And, you know, and every time they came around, it would sell out again, you know, the oh, bigger true. and bigger venues. Yeah. Um, well, I never got bored of seeing them in that era. No, and obviously people don't because they still sell out venues to this day and they still headline huge festivals around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, massive. Um, okay, so that's, that's how big it was. I think it's, it's important to say how big a deal it was this is the first let's say okay for you is this a metal album or a rock album is there a, is there I, a I think this is a metal, I think this is a metal album yeah it's a main as mainstream a metal album okay sure as you can get I think and still call it metal right. you've got all the trademarks in there you, you know you've got mm. Papa Het's voices still very barky yes uh, you, you know you kind oh, you've of, got huge solos all over the place yeah oh you got yeah, well, of varying quality. Yes, but this is the fir- just uh, in terms of what I'm, uh, I'm thinking of. This is the first metal album that we have seen in our run of this podcast. Yeah, and it's by far an outlier for that sort of thing. But this is the one because we've spoken a couple of times before where an ACDC album went in at number two. Yeah, uh, and. I can't even remember. Something else went in at number 15, for mm-hmm. example. And we've always gone, oh, well, that's the power of metal fans, the first week release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest of it, of the lot so Absolutely. far. Absolutely. Straight in at one. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, it was only for one week. In the UK. In yeah. the UK, but it was straight in and has, you know, has outsold everything else in its yeah. genre. I, I'm, I'm fairly sure there's a few artists... Uh, here that would trade their three weeks at number one for the long tail that this record. Oh my got. god! Imagine the legacy that this record has got. Yeah, exactly. So you know, let's talk about you know reception wise as well. Let's talk about the fact that this mm-hmm. album did piss off a lot of fans. Right. Sure. Okay. So this is like the fifth album, like we said, and it's a very different sound. Yeah. So there were there were a lot of you know very hardcore Metallica fans who were aghast at this new yeah. direction. I've done my uh, my time within the world of metal, you know. Yeah, you've got the scars. Yeah, for sure, man. And there are people that are still pissed off about this record. Really? Yeah, absolutely. There are still people that are pissed, pissed off about this record. I'm surprised that there would still be people who would be on the offence about oh, well, this you'd, one. You'd be surprised that metalers didn't well, get over stuff. I, I, it's, it's a long time ago, and it's such a big album. Surely they're now going, actually, yeah, I'll give it that. It's a great album. Mm, no. no. Oh, fair enough. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm... People dig in, mate. People yeah, dig in. All right, well, anything else you want to say before we get into the, the songs? Well, we need to do the album cover. Oh, yes. As always. Right, okay. There's a lot to say about this one. <laughs> yes, Spinal Tap. I never really got quite to the bottom of whether they've seen Spinal Tap, enjoyed it, it made them laugh and uh-huh. they copied it, or whether they were blissfully unaware. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an almost black record. Some would say... None more black, yeah, <laughs> indeed. But you can see that you can see the logo, a very very faint outline of the Metallica word logo, yeah, and then in the bottom left, oh, sorry, oh, in the no. bottom right, yeah. you've got the uh, the Don't Tread on Me uh, snake logo, yes, yes. Uh, that was on quite heavily featured on quite a lot of their merchandise around this time. Was it? Well, I imagine, yeah, that would make sense. And on the back, it's got a, a bigger outline of the snake, and then mm-hmm. just the. The song list. There's very little else on there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It, exactly. Um, which is why it's rather why it is known as the Black Album yeah. rather than Metallica. Metallica mm-hmm. in general. Uh, inside, you've got some 
silhouette kind of yeah like ne- negative negative images yeah, of, of uh and when i say negative images it's not that they're <laughs> molesting kids or something <laughs> it's just they're done in a, in a negative perspective yeah again those images all featured fairly heavily on some of the merchandise is that right yeah yeah uh, everyone's still got long hair in metallica oh, this time mike i watched the videos for these songs in the prep for this and their hair is astonishing. Oh, mate, yeah. I mean, really Lars is. Ulrich has got the skullet at this point, hasn't he? Oh, God, it's... He's, he's receding back, but he's not letting it go me. yet. Yeah, it's quite something it, it, to There's at. quite, as I recall, there's a, there's a few, like, white headbands and things in some of the videos. Uh, I don't it, remember that. Is, there, is he wearing a white headband in the Nothing Else Matters video? He might be. He might be. He might be, I'm uh, sure. New, uh, Jason Newstead, or uh, uh-huh. Jason Newkid, as he still was at this point. Oh, true, um, yeah. He's uh, the only one with the undercut, as I recall. Uh, it was. It's awful. Every single hairstyle is terrible in a different way. Oh, come on! I can't say terrible. Oh, I can't. But, but like, I mean, Jay, this is the point that James Hetfield, frontman James Hetfield, for anyone that doesn't know, uh-huh. uh, it really looked the most like the cowardly lion that he ever did. Yes, he, he's, he, you know, a million percent. Yeah, yeah, he really, he really, really did. Um, not really much to say about it. It's a, it's an iconic album cover, and yeah. it's a fucking purely black album cover. Yeah, I, I read that in some of the later releases, they kind of made the outline of the snake and the logo a bit more light grey so it was more visible. Yeah. But the one I've got is, well, actually, that depends what light you're looking at it in, but this is very, very just plain black. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Very, very cliched. Oh, very God, Very yeah. cheesy, and thank fuck for that. For what it is, it works brilliantly. I think it's a better cover than, for example, Kill Em All. Because that's... You know, a young amateurish band um, doing a very silly, not silly, but uh, just a, a not very good album cover. The artwork is not very good on that. I mean, uh, it fits it what it is, but it's not a great album. I cover. love, I love that record so much. Oh sure, but yeah, if you if you saw that in a frame, best Metallica album cover, best Metallica album cover. <sighs> Master of Puppets. Master of Puppets. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Best Metallica album. That's a question. Well, we'll ask, well, I'll ask we'll, that at the end. Right? Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. Right. Okay. So let's let, let's crack on with the first track. Right. Okay. So first track and was also the first single. I mean, I've heard this song a million times. Um, yeah. A million times. Right. And I, I had a fairly good idea what I was going to say about this song before I started listening back to this record yeah which was it's a good song but I've heard it too many times oh okay that's where, that's where I was going with it okay sure and then I started listening to it again and I haven't heard it too many times <laughs> see really I haven't heard this song too many times I was listening to this song in Asda before you We're came right, round right, okay. before you came round and I and I, I I was still fairly sure I was going to say something you know a little bit more dismissive about this song sure. and then I found myself doing the air guitar solo wow. in Asda and I went I fucking love this song and it's I don't give brilliant. a fuck who knows okay this is absolutely the first one I heard yeah and I begrudgingly did go oh oh, oh that fucking fantastic and, like, every, and every time you see him live the fucking pyro that yeah, goes sure. off with that every oh time. my god yeah anyway right but yeah this is the first time I heard this band and I did I, I begrudgingly liked it because yeah. you can't fuck with this song no I had an, an image of them that I didn't like and I had an image of metal that I didn't like but you can't fuck with this song this song is perfect it's brilliant and like James Hetfield's voice on this album in general uh-huh. is just that it's pink, man. It is, it's, for what he wants to do and what this band is doing at this time, yeah. flawless. Yeah. Yeah. You know, th- there are so many criticisms that you can throw at this album from a snarky, 
intellectual point of view. Sure. Right? This album is dumb in so many ways, oh, right? Yeah. It's overly self-effacing. It's, you know, it wears its heart on its sleeve in, you know, in a in, in, in an almost risible way. But fuck it, when you get, Yeah, it? but when you get past it, you go, this is just a great song written by a load of people that are writing what they want to write and this is the way it's come it's, mm-hmm. it's, come, it, it's come out as a great fucking piece of music it is it's brilliant and this is what, apparently one of the first tunes that they wrote for the album but it was one of the last ones that had lyrics yeah. but I mean this was they just came up with that riff yeah. straight away and it was stayed with them throughout the recording imagine writing that that actual riff in that song oh, you'd it? be happy as shit yeah absolutely mate absolutely yeah. you know yeah the lyrics are stupid oh god I, I suspect that was probably one of my issues with metal because I, that's what I thought metal was. Yeah. Was this, this is ridiculous lyrics, you know, about nightmares and the whole spoken word. Now I lay me down to sleep. The drama and melodrama of that. Yeah, but but I tell you what, mate. What would you rather being in a field listening to mm-hmm. this or Radiohead? Sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love Radiohead. Oh, no, we both big love Radiohead, fucking yeah. Radiohead, man. I love Radiohead. Having said that, the only time I've seen them was uh, headlining Reading, and they bored the tits off. Me. I've seen them a couple of times. I've seen them really blow me away, and right. I've seen them bore the shit out of me. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I've never been bored watching Metallica. Never. Nah. Uh, I've 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 had the wrong kind of smile on my face a couple of times. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. But I've always enjoyed them, and you know, yeah. at the heart of it, right? This is a podcast about pop music, mm-hmm. right? And for sheer, just straight up shit-eating grin, enjoyable music, there is very, very few places in the world that I would ever rather be than with a group of my friends Mm. after a few pints in a field watching this happen. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Yeah, of course. That's the best time. It's the best time. And this is one of those things. It's one of those rare songs that just unifies a load of people. And you know what, man? I know there are people that hate this song. Going back to what you said, it, if you had to name any Metallica song that's overplayed, it is, of course, this one. Of course it is. That is the one. And I remember whenever I, because I DJed in kind of rock and metal clubs, mm-hmm. sort of mid-90s onwards for a little while, and therefore you're hearing it every week, week in, week out, mm-hmm. in the same way as, you you know, you can get very bored of Smells Like Teen Spirit and very bored of Killing in the Name, etc., etc. Yeah. But this still holds a par. It really does. This is a fantastic Absolutely, song. absolutely. Love this song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just saw, actually, was in uh, the Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios uh-huh. whilst I was away, and I saw the Academy of Villains show, which right. was basically a, lo- basically a kind of a, a freak show done to uh, dubstepped versions of metal songs. Oh, right, And yeah. this, this featured pretty heavily in it. Is that right? Yeah. It's, uh, with a, with a- it's, a, it's a, an easy one for people... To go, we need a kind of a spooky sounding song. Yeah. We need something that will invoke the the horror that I'm trying to yeah. convey here. Enter Sandman. There you go. Yeah. And you know, it's a you know, it's 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 a cheap shot. It is overplayed. Um I don't see myself going, oh, I'm going to listen to this song. Right? No, I have the exact same. I'm note never gonna here. I'm never gonna go, I'm gonna oh, put, I'll this, put on, this one up. No. Right. But if for a reason like I'm like I have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Still like it. Oh, sure. It comes on shuffle. Still it's like brilliant. it. Brilliant, yeah. See them live. Brilliant. If, if I saw them live and they didn't play this, right? Oh, what? I mean, I would... The thing is, right, if I wasn't thinking about it in this level of detail, I'd be at a festival, we're talking about what they're going to play, and I'd be like, you know what? Uh, if they don't play that tonight, I'll be fine, right? Okay, sure. Right? Well, fucking, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Nah. I need to hear it. No, exactly. I want to hear it. You'd get to... They'd finish and you'd go, oh, well, they must be doing it in the encore, and then they yeah. didn't play it. You'd be like... 
Oh, it's something's very wrong. Something, something's right happened here. Yeah. Fucking Lars Ulrich's done too much cocaine again. <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, download where he did too much cocaine and then had to fucking have different drummers. <laughs> oh, well, uh, that, was, that was a great show, though. Yeah, it's a better show. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really weird. It's almost like when Joey Jordison was playing drums, it's like, oh, this is what Metallica oh, could wow. sound like. Anyway. Um, uh, but this single sold more than half a million copies on release in the States. Wow. And uh, as we mentioned in a previous podcast, it was nominated for Best Rock Song at the 1992 Grammys, Yeah, but it lost to Sting's Soul Cages. Can you imagine? What the fuck? Can you imagine being on that committee and being like, oh, what's the best rock song? This, well, is, this is my job. <laughs> what the fuck are people thinking? Mate, exactly. what, what those people were thinking is, oh, I'm very rich, I'm very white, and I really enjoyed the police in the 80s. And I want to be mates with Sting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be mates with these guys because they might hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> but Sting's probably got some good parties coming up. Fucking hell. Yeah. Terrible. I know. Um, but, but yeah. yeah, no, still fantastic. The, the video is pretty daft obviously everyone yeah. probably knows the video if you knew Metallica it's the one where it's because lots of flashing strobe shots of uh, uh, this kid having nightmares of where he's drowning or where he's about to hit by a lorry uh, there's an old man who is the Sandman we guess yeah. there's a lot of hair on the band it's, I mean, it's all very dramatic the, the money spent on that video mm. doesn't to me suggest that the record company thought it was going to be as big as it was no I would agree with that yeah. You know that you know. Obviously, you're dealing with two things there. You're dealing with the fact the production values of videos are very different back in those days. In one, sure. I mean, obviously, the, the, the previous video to that was one. Yes. Well, this, this was only the second video. This one. So yeah, yeah. one was the only other one they had to. Yeah. Um, to show. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, still, still fucking fantastic. Absolutely, brilliant. and a brilliant, brilliant opening track. Absolutely. Do you know what I would love to know about this song as well? Mm-hmm. I'd love to know what the yearly. Just the yearly sync money that they get from oh, this. God. What just from the licensing and what it's appeared in. Sure. Oh, imagine. I bet it's one of those ones in the states, especially where sports teams walk out to it and stuff. Oh, That's, mate, you know, I'm, dude, kind of I, I go NFL four times a year at least, yeah. and you'll always, always hear this over the PA. Yeah. Yep. Huge. Absolutely huge. Uh, on reading up around Enter Sandman, yeah, there's, yeah, I saw that there was. Someone had accused uh, Metallica of ripping off this other song. Right. And apparently it was in like 2003 or something. There might have been a court case they were going to go. Oh, I think I vaguely remember this. This is the yeah. first I heard about it. And I went and listened to the song that it was. And yeah. it's a band called XL, as in the spreadsheets, XL. Yeah. And the song is... <laughs> as in the spreadsheets. <laughs> the... <laughs> Which band? XL. As in the spreadsheets. Uh, as in the yeah. spreadsheets. Yeah. Word. <laughs> <laughs> you got a point. A PowerPoint. Uh, um... And it was out in 1989, and it's called Tapping Into the Emotional Void. And if I just play a bit of this. It's the sort of thing where you can go, all right, look, I see where you're coming from, but is it really? Not a direct rip-off, but it does sound like it. It does sound like it, Selma. Yeah, I mean, what's the likelihood of them ever having heard it? Oh, I... hello. Oh, no, that's quite a lot. So, yeah, it, it, it's not the exact riff, but it's very close. Kind of sounds like... If a... I'm sorry, I, I, I have no idea how big a band XL were in 
you know, America in 1989. I don't know whether it was on the radio or if it was somewhere mm. that uh, Metallica would have heard it. But it's interesting. It's interesting that they took the same same formula. Oh, Jesus Christ. You should be locked up in a cell. It's uh, <laughs> quite enough of that then. Put you on Nelson's column. Um, rubbish. No. <laughs> That doesn't wow. make any sense at all. <laughs> it sounds like you're trying to make a joke. <laughs> all right, so that's the first track. Everyone's happy. Track two. Sad but true. Didn't even have to look at the track listing. I don't know. Don't even look at the track listing for this. And this was the last single. This was the fifth single they released in February 1993. This is the track that they played on the Freddie Mercury concert. Oh, is it? No, because I know... Do you know how I know this? Go on. Because the next day, um, me and Darren went uh, around Stevenage. Uh-huh. Come on. That's just beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, and second best use of this version, right after the Kid Rock... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's no Kid Rock. Fucking sacrilege, that was. Fucking cunt. Oh, dear. Um, no, I love this. But... No, because I'd heard this. I was like, right, we've got to go and find the album. I want the one with this song on it. Uh-huh. So we've got to find the one with the song Saboteur on it. Saboteur. Saboteur. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's been ages. Like, Where's the one with Saboteur? I can't find it. <laughs> so I was like, do you mean sad but true? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm your life. Yeah, this, this is a riff and a half, isn't it? Just Look, pounding. And that's... that's this. I would say that this is one of the bits of evidence why you'd have to say this is a metal album. Okay, sure. Right. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll give you that, definitely. Because yeah. that's almost like a stoner groove. Oh, it is. It's, it's a slow, heavy, dirty groove, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, I mean, it's, it's like what I would associate with Pantera, uh, yeah. kind of a couple of years later, mm-hmm. that sort of shit. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, that kind of, kind of big kind of groove metal. I mean, I'd say, you know, obviously most of Pantera stuff was probably a little bit pacier than this. Oh, definitely faster, but yeah, just hard and no, repetitive and non-stop this driving yeah and so like, good like the way that the, the way that uh the kind of the vocal has that kind of almost cool response kind of thing that sits on a hey yeah just the way that it syncs up i mean so much of metallica is always in the rhythm right right always it's you know because obviously your main songwriter is the rhythm guitarist sure. and the vocalist so he's it's all in that rhythm and you know the 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 famous Lars Ulrich quote where he's where he will say like you know am I the best drummer in the world no am I the best drummer at playing with James Hetfield's rhythm guitar yes like okay. that's that's thing right probably he's wrong yeah but, indeed yeah I think provably wrong but yeah but you can't fuck with the drums on this track oh no I mean you could you, I mean you could have a more you could have more interesting fills and you could have other things but. That's not what you need. A rhythmic point of view, Mm. this song just kind of gets your head nodding Mm -hmm. all the way through. You know, I mean, I love a head nodding tune, man. Oh, yeah. I'm a hip hop fan. I have to be. You do, yeah, that's true. And if you're talking about the drums, the the production of the drums on this album is pretty decent. Mm -hmm. It's uh, they're at the front. It's keeping you going all the time. With that, it's not hidden away. It's not sounding ridiculously bad. Yeah. Um, But the other bit in this album is that part. I mean, again, I'm not an expert in this at all, but that the bass is higher on this album than previous ones, which gives it more of that groove as well. Sure. I mean, that, that's that's the big criticism of uh, Justice For All, isn't it? Right, yeah. Because it's obviously, tinny. Well, yeah, I mean, because the, the argument is Jason Newstead came in having replaced Cliff Burton, yeah. who'd died. Uh, obviously, the bass in the early Metallica stuff's a massive, massive part. Mm-hmm. Cliff Burton 
kind of virtuoso player essentially. But obviously Jason Newstead was, you know, kind of whipped around and bullied uh, and, you know, didn't have any power of argument and basically his base got turned way down in the mix for and justice for all right sure uh, and that's the problem with the sound and you know perfectly decent bass player as well fine uh, but for this one he was back up in it exactly and that's probably bob rock yeah I, I, I absolutely imagine so you know for, yeah. he's more from that kind of pop rock yeah he'd he'd got form with like bon jovi and yeah motley uh, crew motley crew that's yeah that sort of band so yeah exactly a very polished yeah uh rock sound but yeah, I mean, I love, I, I love this song. This is probably one of my favourite Metallica songs. Oh, it's, it's outstanding. Love Absolutely it. outstanding. And, you know, it's one of those ones as well that if you hear it, every time it comes in, it starts. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck yes. This one, fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Lyrically, because I must admit, I've not really looked into lyrics before doing this. I'm singing along to them as much as I can at festivals, but I've not properly looked into them. And so is this about... James Hetfield struggles with addiction because it's kind of the inner you, the the bad side of somebody going, I'm the only one you can depend on. You can't trust everyone else. Or I think you should do this bad thing, that sort of shit. I mean, possibly. I mean, whether it, whether James Hetfield, whether, whether James is self-aware enough to recognise he's got a problem with alcohol at this point. You know, this is mm. this is very much the alcoholica era. Right. You know, kind of, you know, James Hetfield's got more beer written all over his guitar. Has he? Yeah. More beer. That's the uh, Wi-Fi password in my pub. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Turns out, I, again, just reading this a couple of days back, he, it, he was admitted to rehab in 2001 yep. uh, for what was described as alcohol and other addictions, mm-hmm. one of which turned out to be chocolate. Really? Yeah, apparently so. Addicted to chocolate at that point. Um, but then he was also uh, admitted just two weeks ago, I think it was, readmitted to rehab after saying he was pretty much off everything. Yeah. he's had. To, they've had to cancel a load of shows. Yeah, he's back, he's, uh, and yeah. he's back in rehab again. Mad love to Papa Het, mate. I know. Um, good luck. I hope he's hope he's doing well. Yeah. So, yeah. Obviously, that's a it's an onwards. Tr- Must be fucking difficult though, man. Being out on the road oh, with Christ all that temptation around you sure. all the time. Sure. Oh, yeah. fucking ridiculous. Uh, but I, I wasn't sure. I wondered if it was that sort of thing because the the song is a, a, you know sometimes about tempting and going no just fucking do this do this you know, fuck the world do what you want to do this sort of thing. Um, trying to seal you off from all your friends and everybody else, and that sort of thing. So I wondered if it was a little bit of that, a paranoia. Yeah, know, certainly. I mean, it's certainly, it you know, it's certainly very much that kind of the devil on the shoulder. Yeah, kind that, of, exactly. Yeah, a kind of point of view. You know, but then that very bit at the end where he goes, you know, I'm you. That the the I'm taking over. I am yeah. you. You know, it's not just one side of you. Mm-hmm. This, this is this is what you are. Yeah, so yeah. I'm your truth telling lies. I'm your reasoned alibis. Mm. I'm inside. Open your eyes. I'm you. I'm you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so uh, maybe yeah. it could, could be that, or it could just be I, an, another good metal sounding metaphor. I, I'm the shitty bit of you. Yeah, the taint. <laughs> the taint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, two for two so far. Yeah. I mean, that's a fucking strong opener. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Two two songs in. Two singles in, yeah, and two brilliant songs. Yeah, two blinders. Right, okay. Track number three, then. Holier than thou. Holier than thou. Quite a thrashy start. Yep. It's definitely it's faster than the first yeah. two. Is this a bit more like the previous Metallica? Well, two of them than the first two, anyway. 
Um, yeah, you could, to a degree, right. I would say. Still vocally, it's quite different, I would yeah. say. This was originally going to be the first track. This was, was going to be really? track one and going to be the first single. That would have been a mistake. Uh, oh, totally. Um, it was Bob Rock and Lars Ulrich, apparently, who said, this is the one. This is the big one that's going to, you know, be huge everywhere. This is what we need to open with and the first thing we show the world. Yeah. It was James Hetfield, apparently, who went, I think we should go with Edna Salmon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is a perfectly decent song. It is. It's it's not as good as Enter Sandman or Sad But True. No, it's, I don't think it's as good as any of the other singles. I don't think it's as good as any of the five singles. No, I, and you know, uh, so I mean, so the, the five singles are, let me see if I can do this off the top of my head. Yep. Enter Sandman, Sad But True, yep. The Unforgiven. Yep. Uh, so were you saying this is a single? No, it was going to be. Right. Oh, okay. No, so that, it's, okay. it's not. So, okay. So uh, nothing else matters. Yeah. Um, and, ooh, hang on a minute. Unforgiven. Oh, um, wherever I may roam. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I would choose all of those over it. I mean, I sure. would. I would. There are a number of songs on this album that I would choose above this one. I think. I think this is mm-hmm. a really solid song. I really. I really like it. Yep. I really like. Uh, I think the fr- the phrase on the verse as it starts off is not as interesting as some of the other bits and pieces that are doing okay, but once okay. you start getting into the bridge and the chorus yeah the, the chorus kind of comes is, is much better i think on this one yeah um it, it's but it is kind of the, the the most forgettable song on the first half of this record oh well yes absolutely yeah uh, that's, that's fair to say I think. still still you know still very very good it's, there's nothing wrong with this song at all there's nothing wrong it's, it's got uh a, you know the first kind of harmonizing guitar solo we've heard at some point it's got a weird kind of bass solo thing mm-hmm. um Lyrically, it's about... It feels to me that it's about something very specific or someone very specific. Yeah. Because it's all about, you know, people who spread rumours and chat shit about you and spread lies and this sort of stuff. And it sounds to me like there is something very, very definite that happened. Some one person or some one band said something and this is a response. It doesn't sound like it's a generic thing to Mm -hmm. me, even though that's how it's presented. I reckon there was a very definite spark that begat this song. Who knows uh, what that was? Well, I mean, you know, you, you'd have a stab at Mustaine, wouldn't you? Well, you, you'd definitely think that would, would be one. No more the crap rolls out your mouth again. Haven't changed. Your brain is still gelatin. Mm. I mean, you could. Oh, you can absolutely put that into context. When, when, you, when you bear in mind as well that Mustaine, I mean, is it around this time that he'd, he became an, uh, a born again Christian? I'm not oh, sure. I don't know. Because sure. Mustaine is a born again Christian. So I, mean, right. I, I don't. I'm, I'm going to Google uh, holy, uh, about Dave Mustaine. I don't know. The only song explicitly about Dave Mustaine was Enter Sandman, according to this. What? No. What? The, 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 sorry, <laughs> what? That's not true at all. The, he gave children nightmares. Um, there's not really that much about it in here. No. But yeah, so, okay, fuck it. All right. It's it's also one of the shorter songs on the album. It's uh, only three minutes 47. Yeah, okay. So it's it's in, bang, done. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not really... It's not a live staple. This isn't something you're going nah. to expect to hear if you see them live. Right. Uh, it's kind of song, actually, probably if, we, if I heard it live, I'd be like, oh, fucking wicked, they're playing this. Okay. I mean, because we saw them play this whole album, didn't we? Backwards, yeah. Yeah, backwards. Which, you know, which is probably the right way to play it it's in the, some absolute, ways. Oh, it's absolutely the best way to play it. Yeah, I mean, I would have been all right if they'd have played it. I, I think I've got a love, love for this record that I've been okay. Okay. If they'd have done the whole record and then finished with a couple of classics. Right, I would have got very annoyed with the 
the, the, the track listing on that. Okay. It's so I think this is very, very front heavy. It, it is, but it becomes less so the more you listen to it. Maybe so. And I have never been enough of a fan to re- to actually listen over and over and yeah. have this as the thing I'm listening to right now. I mean, I was I, never that. Guy. I mean, I knew this. You know, when when I was listening to this earlier, yeah. the tracks on this that I haven't I've probably heard since we saw him play it live, and sure. I still knew all the words to it. Fine. So you know, that, yeah, you got a, it, was, a it was at that point of you know, you, you know, you've got ten albums that you're listening to on rotation, and this was you know the up big in one. the mix. Right, anyway, okay. right. So track number four track is four is the Unforgiven. Oh, the Unforgiven. Fuck me. Here's some fucking drama. Yes, mate. Love it. Horns from the film, The Unforgiven. Yes. But, but played backwards? Yeah. To disguise the fact they're from the film, The Unforgiven. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, surely the thing you want to do is just not call the song The <laughs> yeah, Unforgiven. That would, that would throw them more off this end. But it, is, it's, it's a, it does sound like a Western thing. Yeah. That's what they're going for. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they've, they've been opening with uh, Ecstasy of the Gold for years and yeah. years and years. The Sergio the only thing from Good, Bad and the Ugly. Yeah. yeah it's all Blaze of Glory, but... <clears throat> I mean, I love Blaze of Glory. Don't, <laughs> don't make me the argue the toss. <laughs> um, is this... Those, look, look, man. As cheesy as this guitar riff oh, can be argued. Wonderful. But it's so good. It's, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and... Oh my yeah. god. No, it's it's wonderful. Is it is this a power ballad? I would say it is. Yeah. I would I, I would I mean the the story behind this is they wanted to come up with because obviously they've done things that you could class as power ballads before like mm-hmm. Made to Black and right. bits and pieces like that but whereas the the mould that they normally done in the classic uh, mould for power ballad is a lighter more melodic verse yep. with a heavier chorus yep, yep. they flipped the script on it okay, and yes, they went so okay so what we're going to do is we're going to have a heavy verse heavy grinding out verse and then go kind of lighter and more kind of acoustic uh, in the chorus, sure, and so yeah, and, and and that's what they did, and this you know this song is you know obviously lyrically it's about uh, you know it's kind of uh, an outsider comes into a new tribe has to kind mm-hmm. of learn their rules uh, and you know kind of is persecuted but somehow put you know kind of carries on and goes through, and you know whether this you know the irony of this song is it is essentially the story of Jason Newstead struggling to right written by james hetfield who is you know uh by all accounts the chief architect of his bullying and initiation through (laughs) metallica and i don't you know i don't think this was written about that situation no but it it fits it yeah absolutely i I hadn't thought of that at all yeah you know it's 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 a great kind of narrative song it's it's got that very kind of western feel but it it just feels epic oh epic is the right word it is it's huge and expansive but and because it's quite a slow one there's a load of space Mm -hmm. going on that is just filled with the the sense of everything Mm -hmm. it is brilliantly done and you know and i think i think hetfield's voice is really dynamic on this Uh the way it kind of tells the story kind of lilts up kind of you know just kind of hits those higher notes you know, when I say higher notes, you know what I mean. Within his register. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, you know, this is just a great piece of storytelling music. Yeah. And the video for this fits it brilliantly because it is almost like a movie mm-hmm. to a soundtrack. It's not just a video. It's it's like a little piece. It's it's well done. I, think. I, I was singing along to this earlier. Uh-huh. And fuck me, I was out of tune. 
Uh-huh. I was so out of tune. It's it hard, harder to sing like James Hetfield than you'd think. I can't say I've ever properly tried. I I, I sing out of tune to everything. So well, yeah, yeah, me too, man. Mostly, I do love the <laughs> talking about his his singing and the way he does yeah. stuff. It, obviously, he's always he's known for his yes and this sort of yeah. shit, right? But in this song, there's one particular ridiculous thing. I love it. Uh, the the never free, never me. That's really that's really Northern Irish. Yeah, never never me. me. Exactly, that's wonderful. <laughs> dub the unforgiver. <laughs> I dub the unforgiver. I, I know. Oh, could, could you just put in some words that no one's ever said in the world? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I dub the unforgiven. Fucking dub the unforgiven. <laughs> Fucking magic. Uh, um, this was one of the songs that I heard after the fact that made me go, oh, this is really good. Yeah. I, it was 1994, and I was in the States, actually, and I visited a friend over there, and we were driving around in his wee car, and he had a tape of this mm-hmm. album. And I obviously, I knew Andrew Sandman, so when that came on, I was like, oh, that's, that's wicked, yeah. But then it was this one, and it was wherever I am, I roam that he would play over and over and over because I was like, that is fucking brilliant. Rewind yeah. that one. That is good. And this one, The Unforgiven, totally sold me mm-hmm. on this sound. Absolutely loved it. So good, man. Yeah. Love this song. This was like when I went to see him live the first time, they had a, there was a t shirt which was The Unforgiven. And I was like, that's, oh, the, that's the shirt I'm getting. That's wicked. I said, this is my favourite song on this album, first time around. Was it? Yeah. yeah. This stood out. Yeah. I mean, on, a, on an album of tracks that stood out. Oh, of course. Of course. Okay. A rotational favourite. Yeah. yeah. Um, rotational favourite. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking on this one when I was looking, listening to the lyrics. Because like you say, it's about uh, someone who's who's brought up not being able to be what he wants to be. Yeah. And having the, the life and excitement just pummeled out of him. Having to do the same... Having to conform. This sort of shit. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if it was uh, partly to do with Hetfield's upbringing because his parents were very strict christian yeah. scientists mm-hmm. and he would have had to he would have had that you know you're stamping out everything that uh, you want to do in your your kid your absolutely kid i wonder if it's t- to do with that as well i would imagine that is that is the it's case it, you know, you know I, I wonder if that led to a you know a lifetime of self-medicating and self-doubt well quite who, uh, who, who, who wonders yeah, <laughs> yeah. Parents fuck there up, is a, there's a line at the end of verse two where he does say the old man here is me so i was like yeah. all right james I see where you're coming from. You're, yeah. you're, you're confessing here. Mm-hmm. This is this is for you, um, and it's obviously as well. It's obvious that he can't forgive what's happened. It's not like oh, and now I'm older. I get it. It's like no, still fuck you. By the way, yeah. But I'm now older, and I can at least deal with it better than I did. Exactly. And yeah. you know, you know, when when then when you dig into you know kind of some kind of monster and some of the things he's saying post therapy. Uh-huh. It seems to be, you know, that's some of the stuff that he's starting to deal with. Sure. You know, that kind of that long-held resentment and anger. And, you know, there's something to be said for long-held resentment and anger, though, if you're making records. Oh, especially if you're making metal records. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's not going to work for uh, Take That, uh, but it's going to work for Metallica. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're not going to hear a lot of uh, Jack Johnson, <laughs> the, the, the angry Jack Johnson, a fucking shark that pissed him off. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way... Um, oh, that's just- how I only hung four. Um, another thing I noticed, and this is just very, very ridiculous. I liked the bit because, uh, again, in the chorus where he goes, "Never be, never see," I was thinking, "Never D, never E, <laughs> never G, <laughs> don't join a gang, kids." Uh, and this is also uh, there's a little bit, you know, one of those things that you go, "Why have you done this?" Fade out ending. 
Mm, yeah. yeah, I don't. I'm, we've, we've discussed this before. I'm not a fan of the fan. No, it's a, it's a cowardly way out. There's a better way to end this. Yeah. There, oh, was a, well. there, was a, there, there used to be a second solo that they played live in this. Oh, really? I don't do it anymore. Well, I don't think they do it anymore. No? Yeah. Huh. Bit of a... Solo in this is decent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of guitarists really fucking beat up on Kurt Hammett. Do like, they? Yeah, they do. And uh, you know what? And I think... Uh, I think that's one of those things where I go like, you know what, I know a little bit about guitar, but I can't play and I don't know enough. And that's one of those times when I'm glad. Oh, I see. It's like, it's like, it's like you know, like becoming a comedian, like starting to ruin comedy. Oh, I see. Not all of it. But you, you're looking at different things. Like when you do a film studies degree and suddenly you can't watch, you know, an average film anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I watch nothing but average films. Well, that's my, my do, genre, mate. Do, do you know what I watched yesterday? Go on. Phantom Menace. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> On purpose? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to watch all of them in order. Wow. So I've got to get through it. Quite enjoyed it as well. So fuck okay. you. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think I've got anything else to say about The Unforgiven. Anything else you want to add to that? Um, you label me. Label you. Lovely. Right. Uh, so that's uh, the first four tracks. It's the first third of the album. Okay. Uh, so let's take a little break and look at what else was happening in the albums this week. Yeah, indeed. Okay, so look, look at the albums. Uh, I should have said this at the top of the, the podcast, to be honest. The time period we're looking at is the week of the 18th to the 24th of August. Right, okay, oh, we're deep into the... So we are, you know, through the summer. Okay. Um, we did have, because we're only doing uh, number one albums that aren't best of, mm-hmm. for the two weeks before this, there was an, the second Essential Pavarotti was number one. Oh, oh. Uh, I know. Oh, we should have maybe... Oh. Well, we can always re-record this. The Essential Pavarotti. The Essential 2. H- how much is Essential? Um, the one Cornell ad, I would have said. I mean, you know, this is this is up there with where the Waitrose produce a, 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 an Essentials <laughs> range ironing water. Right. <laughs> essential. I mean, essential. I mean, I don't believe that iron is essential. No, well, it's in the same way as whenever Pete Tong's Essential Selection. I could have done without it. most of those. I, mean, I, I did do without yeah. most of those. Uh, okay, so the top 10 in that week. Uh, we are looking at number 10 is Madonna's Immaculate Collection. This is August, yeah. and it's still at number 10. Yeah. Right? So it's still... Quite rightly so. <laughs> Travis day. is still not. <laughs> number 9 is Deacon Blue's Fellow Hoodlums. Never understood Deacon Blue. No. I, it's one no. of those bands where I'm like... All, am I going to hit 50 and then really discover Deacon Blue? Go and see them do an acoustic show and you'll be like, oh, right. Uh-huh. And a, a mm. ship called Memories. Or what, what was it called? Uh, Dignity. Dignity. A That's ship called it. Dignity. Yeah. Oh, uh, shite. Right. Number eight is Culinary Bad's CMB. Mm. I think that's what it was called. Number seven, Seal, which we've already done. Number six, REM's Out of Time, which we did. Mm-hmm. Number five, OMD's Sugar Tax. I don't even remember that. Oh, I don't, don't remember that. Give one. a fuck. Number four. Hey, didn't they? Is that is Sugar Tax? Is that the money that they made for writing songs for uh, Sugar Babes? No, they were Atomic Kitten. I was. I was Atomic Kitten. Kitten. Who, who was Sugar Babes then? I think they they were the ones that were touted as well. We write our own shit. They obviously no, didn't, but there was bollocks. no one famous behind them. I think I thought there was. And Andrew McCluskey from OMD was uh, Atomic Kitten. I don't think he was a, a famous person behind Sugar Babes. I'm going to look that up. You look it up. Uh, number four is Beverly Craven's self-titled album. Number three is Share, Love Hurts, which we did. That was the last one we did, in fact. And then number two is Essential Pavarotti 2. So that's that was your top ten. Uh, the only other things I can find in the, in the time period, given the, the two weeks that Pavarotti was number one, yeah. I looked in those two weeks as well just to try and expand it a little bit. Uh, but there's not a great deal, if I'm honest. What I have seen is 
Extremes Porno Graffiti. Okay. Was out, which was a big enough album on that scene. Oh, it's a huge record. Yeah, it's... It, it, broke them that one didn't it without a doubt yeah i mean as i got into sixth form there were a lot of uh of extreme shirts around yeah. in the lower sixth form college in luton sixth form I, I remember again uh i don't think it was the same guy who bought the metallic at 12 inch whenever it was with him but i was hanging out with like some of his friends yeah. at times and absolutely they were talking about pornography and how amazing a guitarist Nuno Bettencourt was yeah oh yeah I mean, the, the, the talk of that still you know persists no, of course. Oh, you know you can't argue with no, it it's it really fucking is. ridiculous guitarist. I remember seeing them whenever they were on the word doing wholehearted mm-hmm. and I thought that's fucking brilliant I thought, that's a great song yeah I mean uh, you know I, I was on the cusp of that Right, okay. the cusp of that that thing between because you know I was I came in at sixth form college and like Guns N' Roses was my biggest band, yeah. but also Faith No More. Oh, okay, sure. And and as I kind of un- started to understand the aesthetics between the two a little bit more, I very went, much went from one to the other. I mean, I stopped wearing my bandana to school, for example. Oh, God, well after the you know tenth or eleventh beating, that will happen. I, 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 there was a, there was a group of uh, of like Asian rude boys who used to call me Karate Kid. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> no, it wasn't enough to make me stop wearing it, though. Red, red bandana, oh. later replaced with an anthrax bandana. Jesus Christ. Long fucking trench coat. Amazing. Oh, cunt I used oh. to look. It's just as well you didn't shoot up the school. Oh, mate, I looked like such a cunt. And I... <laughs> I really did. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know. All right. Well, uh, another album, Babes in Toyland to Mother. That was out this week, which uh, I was... Kind of aware of at the time, but didn't give a shit because I didn't know any of it. Never really listened to Babes in Toilet. Yeah, they weren't they weren't my thing. Uh, but the big one that I saw that came out this week is the self-titled debut album by Cypress Hill. Yeah, that oh, came man, out. That's, yeah, that's the best Cypress Hill album. It, I'd say so. I mean, it is. It's the blueprint for Black Sunday. Black Sunday kind of took it and ran with it. Sure, but this is a fucking brilliant. I album. mean, I, you know, I would say like. Black Sunday is almost too similar to the first record. Yeah, uh, more polished, you know, kind of like Bigger you say, Chad Louis. But you know, mm. if if you you know, kind of, what would you prefer to listen to? Like when the shit goes down, or, or Hand on the Pump? The sorry, pump. yeah. I mean, Hand on the Pump is so fucking good. How I could just kill a man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like that first Cypress Hill album is just full of bangers. I mean, it is, and it's only like probably ten or twelve tracks where I mean, I know because I've got it on single vinyl. Black Sunday is a double vinyl. Mm. This is condensed. The first one is condensed, brilliant hip hop album. See, I would love to have done that record. I'd love to fucking talk in more detail about that Cypress, that first Cypress Hill album. I think that's an right. absolute genre classic. Totally fucking changed your game as well. Oh, it did. But you know, I mean, without mugs uh, blowing up in that way, you don't have House of Pain. Uh, yeah, very right? true. And, and you know, there's arguments to, for and against yeah, that. Quite yes, but you know, imagine, <laughs> all those everlasting imagine, albums. Imagine hip hop without Jump Around. Oh, totally. I don't of want to course. imagine hip-hop no, without jumping around. Of course. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. There's uh, only a few albums, but Cypress Hill is a, is a good one, definitely. Oh, such a good record. Good record. Such a good record. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I've got, so let's go back into Metallica. <laughs> so, yeah, track five. <laughs> Wherever I May Roam. And like I said, this is the other one that I heard it when I was in the States in my mate's car. Bit of an Eastern feel. Hasn't it? I've got the exact <laughs> that quote there on my little notes. A bit of an Eastern feel. <laughs> this is the fourth single that they released. Obviously it was the name of the... Uh... Oh, is that... That's the... It gets yeah. every fucking time. 
Alright, and this is probably my favourite one so far now. Oh, really? Oh, I love this so much. I mean, I love this too. Not my favourite. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it was, it's, that's the thing when you're arguing the toss about these singles. They are all fucking classic. That little... Mm. Dun, 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 yeah. Amazing. Okay, this is, you know, dark, yeah. brooding, heavy as yeah. fuck. The drums again, when they come in, that bah, 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 that's beautifully done. Everything about this is pure brilliance. Great riff. Again, it's just, just that riff could just go on and on and on. And you'd be happy. It slows down. Bit of a breakdown. Mm -hmm. I mean, and again, this is some really over nonsensical silly lyrics. Yeah, but. Yeah, so good. So good. Um, the, the lyric is about not wanting to be tied down, about wanting to be free to go wherever you want, yep. to explore. Not wanting to be bound and constrained again, mm -hmm. similar to the Unforgiven a little bit that way. Not you don't want to have to fit in with society's norms. You, yeah. You're a, a nomad, a wanderer, like you say. You know, yeah. call him what you will. Call you what you will. Uh, but you want to free, be free to do your own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, that is a classic metal thing to do. Oh yeah, you're a loner, but you're better than everyone. You don't fit yeah, in. Man. You don't fit in, but that's because you just got different views. Just get your motor running. <laughs> it is. Get out on the highway. It is. It's exactly that. So it's a great anthem for those kind of those 17-year-old boys who are not fitting in for whatever reason and their, their mates think they're a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a vagabond. I'm, I'm a an nomad. outsider. I'm an outlaw. Precisely. So, yeah, it, it's like even after death, you know, uh, carved upon my stone, my body lies, but still I roam. Yeah. It, it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane but but it's it's done with such fucking gravitas and seriousness right and, and the thing is right the gravitas and the seriousness you know that is a beautiful sentiment like getting older right mm -hmm. the more kind of restraints of life that get put on top of you those mm. are the things that fucking grind you down oh, sure you know i mean I'm, i haven't got a job at the minute and i've never been happier oh yeah i mean that's because the money hasn't run out yet okay right? sure <laughs> Give it that new business is not progressing right <laughs> give it away I, I fucking have and i've been back for three days and i've played a lot of computer games right. and slept a lot right. but that, it is you know it is a you know as much as kind of some you can laugh at the execution of it a little bit it's a fucking true statement. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with the feel behind it and the thinking behind it. Totally, yes. Mm -hmm. And it is. It's If this were in a pop song, if this were in, you know, if, if, the, if the idea behind it was Beyonce, right, or Lady Gaga go, saying, do your own thing, don't care what anyone else says, you go out and be your own person and explore the world, yeah. and you are, you're an outsider, but that's okay. That's empowering. That is yeah. absolutely brilliant. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just because it's done in this, the type of song, yeah. that it, it's a cliche, because this is metal to the core. Oh, for sure, man. This is, this is exactly greasy, long-haired, definitely 99% of them boys, yeah. going to gigs and bashing up against other yeah. people in... Leather and denim. Pa pack of smokes in your in your rolled up in the yeah. in the, in the, the sleeve of your t shirt. Exactly. A tattoo that you will never regret. Oh, definitely not. No, that band logo, of course. Now for sure. This is but uh, when it comes to it, it just comes down to the actual tune. Fuck me. 
That yeah. is a brilliant tune. Exactly, man. That's an absolutely astonishing riff. I wish I'd written it. It's so good. Yeah. And I love it every time I hear it. I wish I'd written it because it means I could play the guitar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and that'd be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fucking good, man. I, I, so I'd say for me, that is my favourite so far. Okay, I yeah. mean, it's top four for me. You're top four out of the five we've heard yeah. so far, right? <laughs> I mean, okay. and, you know, and, I couldn't, and the thing is, I can't tell you. I, I couldn't tell you whether, whether I prefer that to Enter Sandman. Mm. I couldn't. I, you know, I, I want to hear all four of those fucking songs live. Yeah, definitely. I want to hear them all live. Definitely. They're fucking great. Yeah. All right. Um, track six. Track six, moving on to oh. Don't Tread On Me. Oh, Don't Tread On Me. Okay, I, I would have been out on that one. Right. I'd have been one track out on that one. So this is Don't Tread On Me. And this is... Like you said, the snake image yeah. on the cover yeah. is from the flag that this is on. Yeah, and you know, don't and don't tread on me. Obviously, is Texas state yeah. kind of Indeed. statement. And uh, I think we just talked over it, but the the riff from America from West Side Story is that bit. So this is this is a very pro-America yeah. song. But yeah, the Gadsden flag that this is taken from was has been used by a few. You know, pretty dodgy organisation. Yeah. And I suspect that a lot of people who hear this song interpret it in their own way, which is possibly not what it's like the one it's to be. I like that little rising up. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's good. That works. I love this tune. Yeah? Always love this tune. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think I was aware of, of some of the of some of the kind of uh, the the, per, the politics around it. I don't think I knew the right. Uh, you know, I don't think I knew the kind of the etymology of "Don't Tread on Me." I don't think sure. I knew where it, that had all come from. Um, but I just always loved this as a as a banging tune. Oh yeah, and oh, that's, that's entirely fair. That kind of crouch out, oh, don't tread on me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just a you know, slightly different pace to this tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I say, that that kind of rise in liberty or death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good chorus in this one. That really works for me. I like that, and I like the bit in that verse. But there are some bits where I feel it's a little bit flat in comparison yeah. to the rest we've heard. Sure, there is a difference between the singles and the absolute classic tracks mm. on this album and the others. But that golf is not that much. No, well, this one, this them. one sits. I sit. I would say this sits happily among the the very good album yeah. tracks. And again, if I'm going watching Metallica hmm. do a two and a half hour set, and they break this out, I'm going to be like, oh fuck, they haven't played this for ages. I'm going right. to be happy to hear it. Yeah. yeah, indeed, indeed. And even these days, because apparently it was the the Gadsden flag thing, which is the don't tread me in a snake, yeah. the coiled rattlesnake. It was taken on by the Tea Party whenever yeah. they were a thing, and it has been a generally libertarian mm-hmm. phrase about anti big government and that sort of shit. Uh, but Hetfield has always said that that's not what he meant. He was just saying it in a "don't fuck with us" as a band, yeah. that sort of. Thing. And you know, let's not forget, you know, Hetfield is a bit of a redneck. You know, oh, I mean, a, he likes hunting. Yeah, there's a lot of shit about that dude that I don't agree with. Mm. You know, but you know, that's he's a product of his environment, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, I mean, I've I've just been in America, and you know, kind of reminded of hunt, hunting culture. You oh know? yeah, and, you know, that, there's a whole argument to be had there about you know whether whether going out and hunting for food is more ethical than buying it from a supermarket. Well, I would I would argue it fucking is. Um but if the choice, you know, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting 
polemic to get yourself involved in and much bigger than this podcast well indeed yeah so let's not fucking bother yeah no here's the point i'm making but you know i mean you know he's a bit of a redneck dude yes um i, I suspect he even so i suspect he would rather this song wasn't you know misinterpreted by the overly patriotic right of the american oh i'm sure yeah and, and, the, and the xenophobes i think he would not be happy with that but it's one of those things you kind of have to deal with. That's because you're all part of Metallica's family. Indeed, yeah. Metallica's family. <laughs> Fucking, if, if you a couple of years ago at Download, uh, a, a very, a very much post uh, addiction, mm-hmm. James Hetfield was very much inc- on an inclusive vibe about everyone being a part of the Metallica <laughs> family. Excellent. Well, happy to be part of it, mate. Yeah, we, thanks. We, we had, yeah, we, we, we did have some laughs at that. At the, at the, <laughs> yeah. The um, it's another short one. It's only four minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's another kind of punchy one. Uh, it, but I think it fits well. It's track six, exactly halfway through the album. This is a good album track. Yeah, it's a good stomper. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's move on to track number seven. Is that of Wolf and Men? No. Oh, no. It's, uh, oh, it's Nothing Else Matters. No. What the fuck then? Through the Never. Through the Never. Uh, the name of the uh, the recent movie they put out. I find this one a very strange song. I don't remember this at all, right? I, I, I knew the title. I was like, three and never, of course, that's Metallica song. Yeah. Didn't remember this at all. I remember the chorus. Again. Right. Yeah, the chorus is much better than the verse. The yeah. verse, I don't think there's anything really happening. There's no big riff to hold it together. Oh, see, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Right, it's, 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 that's pretty unmemorable for me. Song about philosophy and the big questions, mm. space, life, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think. I mean, when I studied my philosophy degree, it was often Metallica I'd refer to. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I remember this being one of the more forgettable tracks. Yeah, that, exactly. For me, uh, it's, it's just kind of... Um, whenever I finished the album, I'd have forgotten this by then. Again, I, I don't think this is a bad song by any stretch of mm-hmm. imagination. Uh, and I think even going... The, you know, it's not even what I would define as a pure album filler track. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I, I think of this as part of this record. I see, oh, right, okay. Um, Forgetting the fact that I just forgot what it was called twice yeah. in a row. Yeah, but I don't know what you mean, especially if you had it on tape to start with. Yeah. You weren't skipping anything or, you no. know, uh, dipping in and out. It was all the way through you know, and then all even, the way through. E- even the best album in the world, right? Mm-hmm. There has never been, e- even if you look at something like, uh, you know, when you talk about hit ratio, obviously one of the classics to talk about is Rumours by Fleetwood okay, Mac, yeah. right? Even that isn't an album of 10 singles. No. Do you know what I mean? Even Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah, sure. You know, you know, you've got Pretty Young Thing, right? Yeah. Which is a great track. Yeah. It's, but... a great, it's a great track, right? It's a great track. I mean, it's, I mean. Well, <laughs> yeah. indeed, yep. Uh, yeah. And at least said about that, the better. Um, but for a classic album to be a classic album, you, I think you've just got to have no absolute No bad dance. songs. And I don't think that Through the Never is a bad song. I, okay. I, I think it's interesting that they chose to call their 
their 2013 movie mm. through the never okay that's right i mean i never saw it i must admit um it looked terrible did it i, I couldn't even tell you what it, was, what it was i didn't know it was the thing I, I think it was like live footage and a story going on and right. i wasn't interested fine and now i'm thinking i, I, I might go dig it dig out and check it out to be yeah. honest with you yeah I I, I I i think this song is fine uh i think it's a five out of ten at best for me yeah i don't know if i'd go quite as low as five yeah i i, I'm, I think i'm a six okay uh I, I think i'm a six out of ten but you know again this isn't featuring on any playlists or nah. anything along those lines no 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 it's yeah exactly it's all right it's and fine. it's like you know again if they played this live this one i'd be like oh they're playing this oh, what are they not playing instead Okay, sure. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. I'd what, be like, been bumped. I'd have been like, I'd have rather heard the struggle within or something. Okay, like, fine. But, oh, I shouldn't have spoilers. Um, <laughs> okay, well, that, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but the other issue that I suppose it has is it sits before track eight, which is nothing else matters. Yes. And this was the third single. Yeah. Out of the five, and this is absolutely another one of the band's most kind of recognisable songs. Right, now, this is probably the best rock ballad ever written. Well, at least there's a question. Yeah. I mean, this is probably, to me, this is probably the definitive hard rock ballad. The lighters in the uh, air. Yeah. Perfection. I fucking love this song. Oh, it's amazing. Right? This song was spoiled for me uh-huh. by the fact that a friend who will remain nameless lost his virginity to this song. Oh. And told me. Oh, see. <laughs> A relatively young age, so oh, right. this song is always the, the, the image of two like fucking fifteen-year-olds banging each other is always haunted by back of my mind. <laughs> so in see. Oh dear, uh. which makes it a challenging wank. Um, <laughs> this is fucking beautiful, though. Is this the first time that they had any sort of orchestra on a song? Oh God. Um, I think so. I, I imagine it probably is. Yeah. And I also imagine that this was one of the songs that those old fans really fucking hated. Oh, mate, I can't imagine. I, I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine as many old fans hate this as illegitimate babies were conceived to it. <laughs> In trailer parks all around right Exactly. Yeah. Mate. I mean, there are hundreds of fucking ill-conceived children. Oh, God, this in more than words. Yeah. yeah. But it, exactly, if, it, if this was... If you were a fan of And Justice For All, a master of puppets, and then this is this came out as, you know, again, a single off this album, mm-hmm. I can see that you'd be like, oh, this is not my band. No. Yeah. I mean, right. look, you, the thing is, right, it is very difficult, I think, to listen to... Uh, Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning, mm-hmm. Justice for All, and not make the case that this band, this is a, a, a band selling out. Okay. Right? This is absolutely a band selling out. It depends what you mean by that. Right. right. Because I came out in the in the 90s in from a you know, kind of fairly punk rock perspective. Like, you know, kind of... I'd get really into hardcore and some of the politics of bands right. selling out and blah, blah, And for a minute there, that really mattered to me. Yeah. Right? And in retrospect... That, that they, they had principles and they had to stick to them forever. Yeah. And in retrospect, I couldn't give a shit. Uh-huh. Fucking live your life, do what you need to do, right? And, you know, 
I fully believe that this is the album that they wanted to make at the time they made it. Mm-hmm. They had no pressure on them to make a, 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 a commercial album. No, and you know they were they were selling out tours very well, you know, very nicely. Thank you very much, etc. Yeah, yeah. Ready, you know, Metallica were doing fucking well enough for themselves, right? Yeah, and yeah, they wouldn't have hit that next tier of, of like multi-million no selling. This, exactly they, they, they went up a level and you know this. what man that's just that that's just, that's just that point is there are very very few people that get the opportunity to reach that next level uh-huh well and, as, as we see from the headliners of download every year yeah. there are only a very few bands who, who can you do know, that and you know you watch and you what you know you watch that across pop music there's there are so few acts that have just got the you know there is there is an enormous world of difference between like Taylor Swift mm. and nearly everyone else of her fucking genre. Yeah. You know, there are a million female singer songwriters out there with a pop aesthetic. Right? Sure. There's one Taylor Swift. Right. And at some point you make the decisions that get you to that place. Right. Yep. And they made the decision to go in that direction. Right. And what they also did is they went in the direction and they wrote the songs. Well, so, yeah. So, so that songwriting was within them to do it. Okay. Yes. The, these songs if you tried to do them in the style of the previous albums, they wouldn't have worked. But here's an interesting thing, though, right? When you see Metallica live, yeah. they will play this song and they'll play it next to Whiplash, right, oh, for, for example. Sure. Yeah. It sounds like the same band to me. Yeah. Because it's the same fucking band. It is the same band, but I suppose neither you nor I were there in 1985, you know, being... This is my favorite band in the world, and this is how I identify. No, you're absolutely right, and you know there are bands that I've lost my shit at for doing, right. you know, you know, for going going in the wrong direction. You know, if you're going to sell out, this is the way to do it, right? Uh-huh. If you want to know how not to do it, yeah, listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh God, right. You know, no, you yeah. know, no, no band has ever upset me more than the Red Hot Chili Peppers on the leap for that one album. You know, that if, when they went from Californication, which seemed like a it was, it was good, it was yeah, good album. I, I and then they went into By the Way, yeah, and it's just like, ah, oh, oh, this right. is what we're doing now, yeah, and that's what they've done ever since, yeah. And I, I've asked myself the question: Were they always shit? And I just didn't see it because right. there, there were people that always thought they were shit. But I, I still go back to Blood Sugar. Oh, it's terrific album. All, all I'm saying is whether this is a sellout or not, does it affect whether it's a fucking good record? No, it doesn't at all. And this no, is a It doesn't record. at all, especially for the two of us who don't have the baggage of the previous ones. It is fresh and brilliant, and I've got nothing that I'm bringing to it going, I wish it sounded more like this. Exactly. It's that. just, as a standalone album, fucking fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, that. and that's exactly like, that's that. what matters, like you said. You know, it's not it's not like uh, when Fallout Boy came back with some auto tuning. Oh God! <laughs> when Enter Scary went dubstep. <laughs> Look, man, I remember being genuinely disappointed by the second Limp Biscuit album. <laughs> oh, these guys are sold out. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, well, that is that's track eight. So we're like two thirds of the way through. Nice. Uh, should we take a break and do the singles? <laughs> Okay, so single-wise, again, I'm looking at the same week that we did before, the week of August 18 to 24. That's Jenny's birthday. All right, well, in 1991, what age was she then? Seven. Seven, Well, this is what the top ten was. Number ten, Heavy D and the Boys, that night that we find love. Good tune. Yeah, which we've we've seen that one before. Number nine, this was a big single, and... uh, I remember loving this at the time. This was the mix. There's a few different mixes. This is the mix I remember. 
Did you remember this at all? Yeah, Charlie it, says. It yeah. certainly fucking is, mate. Prodigy Charlie. Yeah, this was number nine. And I did. I bought the 12 of this. Loved it. Straight away. I, I, I can't remember if I liked this at the time or I got to like it later. Really? I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I, I was big into that one. Mm. Um, and it's sort of thing. I think I bought that and then I bought Everybody in the Place. Yeah. Came out after it. I didn't buy out of space because I wasn't a big fan of that one. Mm. But Charlie, I was fucking well into. Unfortunately, it spawned all of those dreadful imitations. Trip to Trumpton. Exactly. Rhubarb and custard. Those awful (laughs) smarties with Sesame Street. The smarties with Sesame Street. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, so indeed, if it wasn't for Prodigy, you wouldn't have had all of them. But then you also wouldn't have had Fatherland. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So... You can forgive them. Number eight, and I love this. I bought this on seven inch. Oh, fucking summertime, man! Yeah, this, this is the ultimate summertime song. That's fair. It's it's up there with you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can uh, summer breeze. Yeah, summer breeze. Um, uh, uh, hot towel, summer in the city. Oh yeah, back of my neck getting dirty and pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all of Joe Cocker. Uh, oh, it wasn't Joe Cocker. Who was it? Uh, it was the, the, the jo- Love and Spoonful. Uh, Joe Cocker does a version of it, though. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. right. I see. Yeah. That's the version I remember. Ah, right. Fair enough. Love and Spoonful. Uh, well, it was. Try passing that off to your wife. Um, yeah, that's what they were named after, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Uh, but it's a fucking brilliant song, Summertime. Oh, yeah, it's it is laid back beauty. Yeah. It's probably the best Will Smith song. I can't think of a better one. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's certainly nothing from his fucking solo career. No, of course not. I mean, anything. I, there's a, I, I quite We're like... We're going to have to do Big Willie style, aren't we? Oh, I'm sure we will. Oh, God. Probably. Yeah. That, to me, is the the point. Because Will Smith, I've got a lot of time for. Motherfucker oh. has got charisma oh. for days. Absolutely. But that it lasts only so long with with a cigar cigar from Cuba Cabar. I don't I don't <laughs> like it. I just buy it it's for the look, whatever the fuck right. that shit is. I fuck off. But summertime, brilliant. J- fucking Jazzy Jeff on the fucking cuts. Oh yeah, it's, it's straight yeah. up classic. Straight up classic. Yeah, indeed. Uh, number seven is one. I think we mentioned this at some point. Bomb the bass with Winter in July. Uh, but that was number seven, so apparently that was a bigger hit than I remember. Uh, number six is The Shaman Move Any Mountain. Number five, and I'll be interested to know if you will get this, because while it's obviously dreadful, it might have been the sort of thing that you had heard. I really thought I was fucking the theme tune from Minder. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Colour Me Bad? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Right. See, I wouldn't have got that. Colour Me Bad. All for Love. All for Love, yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. yeah, I can I see did it all for love. I see. Yeah. yeah. Nope, not a clue, mate. Not a clue. Uh, number four is Extremes More Than Words. Mm-hmm. Number three. I think this is the first time we've seen this one. Oh, it's um, set address from memory of Vespian Dawn. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's, that, and this is number three, so that's a, a big enough hit for that one. Yeah. It's a big one. Number two, and we won't dwell on this too much because we're going to have to do the album at some point. Okay. Oh, God. Have to. Oh, that's a... 264, my love. 
you sexy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah, this was number two. Right, said Fred, I'm too sexy. We're going to have to get one of our bald mates in to do the uh, photoshops for oh, this God. picture. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get Jenny to shave her head. We'll just, we just take photos with our tops off. Oh, no. Nobody wants that. <laughs> uh, our number one is still Brian Adams' Everything I Do, obviously. Obviously, Because, yeah. you know... Because it will be for the next two years. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but that's what we... That's top ten. Other singles that were out in kind of the three weeks, the Pavarotti mm-hmm. and Metallica Time. <laughs> yeah, the Pavarotti and Metallica Time. Yeah, you know. It was a good time for everyone. So something for everyone there. <laughs> I think we've talked about this, and I seem to remember you saying that you weren't a big fan. I love this. Apparently nothing. Yeah. Apparently nothing. Young Disciples. Young Disciples. Fuck me. No, I like them. Oh, did you? Oh, right. Yeah. I thought... No, I like this song. Oh, right. I'm remembering a different conversation. I fucking... I generally hate acid jazz. Maybe that's what it was. I yeah. remember when we were talking about Omar. Yeah. You, you were saying you didn't like the genre. Yeah. No, right. I, I, I like that. I think that's a great Apparently song. Apparently nothing. Yeah. That's a good week too, man. Uh, yeah, no, I like that tune a lot. Uh, that got to number 13. It was actually re-released. They released it the year before and it got nowhere. And then this was the 1991 release, and it got to 13. So it was a bigger hit then. Uh, one that got to number 22. Taylor? Yeah. Sat- oh, uh, well, getting down Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, Good little tune as well. Nice yeah. and upbeat. Uh Number 24, this one got to. I don't expect you to know this at all, to be honest. Part 2, because you hate the band, but also because it wasn't one of the big singles off the album. That was a blur. It is blur. It's, yeah, it's bang. It's like the second single album. Or the the single, rather, after There's Not Away. And I had this. I bought this on Twelve Inch. I really like this as well. It is leisure, the whole album. Is this is jingly jangly indie pop? Um, oh, right, this one. I've got to see if you know this. I had no idea this even existed, but again, this got to number 22 at some point in this period. Let it roll. Like, what the fuck is happening? He had a live album out at this point. Oh, fucking hell, it's um, Vanilla Ice. Yeah. yeah. With a song called Satisfaction. Yeah. I had no idea this happened. Absolute bullshit. Why would, why would that ever be allowed? Yeah. Uh, so that was number 22. Other ones, actually, I think that's all I've got to properly play. There were some other ones that are, are worth kind of mentioning in terms of this was happening on the scene. Manic Street Preachers released their Stay Beautiful EP. We got to number 40. We've talked about our relationship with them before. Uh, Swerve Driver uh, released Sandblasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to number 67. So that was, you know, you got this indie undercurrent, this uh, Swerve Driver, sure. obviously a little bit shoegazy. Flowered Up, It's On was released, which is very cartoon indie. Of course. Uh, Mud Honey released Let It Slide. 
which is a great single. Primal Scream released Don't Fight It, Feel It, which only got to number 41, which I was surprised at, to be honest. Uh, but it's still a good single off Screaming Delicate, which it, at this point still isn't out. So they're right. releasing singles in the run-up to it. And Teenage Fan Club's Star Sign uh, got to 44 mm-hmm. in this period. So there's a lot of very good, very seminal indie bands and let's forget that was the indie, the indie uh, thing at the time as well, wasn't it? It was release a load of EPs before you put an album out. Mm, there was a lot of that going yeah, on. Yeah, you know, it's kind of Stone Roses template, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it just in that three week period, that's a lot of what you'd call big hitters for, sure. in the on the indie scene, or would be at some point two mm. years down the line, doing a lot of good stuff. So yeah, it's a nice little snapshot of what's going on there. But. That's all I've got for singles. So back into Metallica. Okay, back into this record. Last the the, uh, the last third. So track number nine of Wolf and Man. And you know, I feel I feel a bit foolish saying these right. words, but this is particularly ridiculous. Oh yeah, on an and album of stupidness. Yeah, this is particularly. I guess. I've always had a very soft spot for this. Have song. you? I love this one. Yeah, yeah. this is uh, this is this is probably my favourite non-single track on this album. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan of this song. Shape shift. Wait, all, all of that stuff. The, 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 the whole cartooniness of it. Yeah. Does that bother you at all, or do you like that, or is it just like, well, that's what's uh, happening? I. Okay, I think, I think first time around, mm-hmm. I probably wasn't discriminating enough to to be bothered by it. Okay, right, and now I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the, I think the, that's the silliness value adds something. Yeah, I you know it is you know I, I think I was probably able to to take it somewhat seriously first time around. Yeah, a uh, song about being a werewolf. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't really cast myself into that. You know, I mean, I was, you know, I, I was smart and sarcastic at that time. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I never remember thinking of this one as a, as being super ridiculously cheesy. No, I don't. Right? No, okay. But I know it is. Oh, okay. it, it, it's abs- of course it is. It's but, a quite big. But aware. after the meaning, after the meaning, of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh, it, it, as tune-wise, it is. It's okay. I, the guitar solo, I'm not a big fan of. And the spoken word bit is very, very silly. Yeah. Yeah. I might just drop that in. Oh, in yeah. The pl- oh, please there. do. Please do. I feel the change. Back to a better No, I. Uh, it, I mean, it's yeah, it's a song about turning into a werewolf. It is. That's fucking. It actually, is. Yeah. I mean, right and up. you can read into it. You can go. Okay, it's about turning into a werewolf, or is it another allegory for Mettler's running with your pack hmm. and being amongst uh, your clan and the other people are sheep? You know, literally sheep. The normies and they're all doing. You know, society. What society tells you, you're a fucking wolf, mate. That you I can mean, say it, that. I mean, it's not forty six and two, is it? Do you know it's, what I mean? No, it really isn't. But. Or, or it might just be James Hetfield writing a song about being a werewolf. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Uh, no, absolutely, why wouldn't he? Because he looks like the sort of man who would write a song about being a werewolf. He looks like the kind of man that might turn into a lion. Uh, yeah, true. 
Yeah. Like a man who was in the middle of turning <laughs> yeah. into a lion. You he looks pause. <laughs> he looks like a man who's turned into a lion <laughs> with a guitar. Yeah, uh, I, I love this song. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think this is unreconstructed, weird, fucking stupidity. Yeah, uh, it's got a fucking brilliant bit of a riff that runs through it. It's got some. Riff. It's got some like kind of really nice kind of little kind of rhythmic stop-start bits in it. Um, mm-hmm. it's just a good tune it is a good tune it's, it's a, a good, lot of fun it's a good fun tune yeah. yeah I think it's a strange one sitting amongst all the other kind of cathartic and confessional songs or and even the ones that are just a bit more serious yeah. and deal with you know an issue of some sort mm-hmm. and this is just about being a fucking wolf yeah yeah or is it or is it yeah or uh, is the werewolf the man that comes out of you when you've had a few drinks what is it exactly because of your troubled childhood yeah who knows or, man it's, it's good fun. It's good fun. Fucking wolf. <laughs> I I suspect it. That's what it is. Okay, track ten then. Track ten. Um. Oh, track ten. Mm. Uh, my friend. No. Uh, oh God. It's not struggle within. Nope. It's not my friend of misery. Nope. It's the other one. Yes. Uh, the god that failed. It is the god that failed. Very different yeah. sound up to this in the intro. I'm skinny bop at the start. Yes, it is. Wow. Uh-huh. That's a good riff. Yeah, I like this riff. It's so a to good me, stomp, it? Uh, it, if if they were going to release a sixth single, mm. I think this would be a contender for sixth single. Interestingly, a song because there was a there was a. There was a thing I think in I should have fucking dug those out for this actually. I've got the uh, I've got the uh, the program somewhere. Oh, really good. Really good. That was the point of going to gigs that I was at. But I would buy the program, oh, yeah. right? Fucking out twenty quid for fuck all, mm. right? And I think there was a thing in that that was a list of 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 quotes, and they'd, they'd listed a load of negative reviews. Oh, right. Uh, and was, someone was saying, they played these songs, they listed a load of the songs, and one of them was The God That Failed. Yeah. And it was like, up to this point, Metallica have never played the song God That Failed live. <laughs> oh, I mean? see, right. So just, just calling people out on that shit. <laughs> on bullshit. So, well, so this wasn't, a, 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 this song's rarely been played, I think. Live. Is it? I'm not sure. So I don't think, you know, I like this song a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't think it's held in the same regard. I don't think I, I don't think a lot of people would maybe agree that this should have been the next single. No? Is it not a generally loved one amongst the fans? No. I see. All right, but well, I, I think it's a really good song. Though. I think it's a good song. Um, I also, you know, I think it's a very interesting song. Mm. Uh, and this is obviously definitely about his parents. Yeah. Um, like we mentioned before, they were very strict Christian scientists. Mm-hmm. His mum died of cancer because she refused treatment. Yeah. They, they their belief was that you shouldn't have, shouldn't have any sort of medicine. Mm-hmm. You should. God will decide. God will heal you if he yeah. feels it's the right thing. And obviously, she died because that's mm-hmm. what will happen if you don't get treatment for cancer. Yeah. And Hetfield is still angry about this. He's angry about the role that religion played in his upbringing. Mm-hmm. And so the God that failed, uh, it failed to keep his mum alive. It failed, yeah. has failed people in general. Yeah. And this is a kind of a brave thing for a huge American act to say. Sure, absolutely. In, in fact, 1991 It especially. failed to present, prevent him from being half man, half lion. Indeed. An abomination unto Christ. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Get thee back, beast! <laughs> it's a a good tune. Mm-hmm. Interesting lyrics. Uh, you know, pretty solid 
central idea behind it, something to say. Yeah. I think this is a wicked tune. Oh, it's a great tune. Yeah. I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a song that would be the standout track on a lot of the albums that we've listened to this year. I imagine. Of course it would. I mean, it really stand out on that Aaliyah <laughs> <Yeah. the> album. <laughs> what the fuck what? is this? <laughs> I mean, uh, to be fair, I mean, there, there were albums we've listened to this year that should have also been called The God That Failed. <laughs> should be a fucking category. Yeah, oh God, Jesus. Uh, all right, uh, it's all good one on that. Uh, track 11, then? Track 11, which is My Friend of Misery. My Friend of Misery. And apparently this was initially going to be an instrumental. Uh-huh. Uh, and they've had instrumentals well, on quite I a think, few other albums. Yeah, I mean... Is there an... I don't think there's an instrumental on Kill Em All, but there is... Yeah, there are instrumentals, bass solos, lot on quite a lot of their records. Is that right? Okay. And this is the longest song on here. Mm-hmm. This is six minutes forty-seven. Mm-hmm. This one. And some of the guitar sounds sort of halfway through this, it's very different to get yeah. into it. It's almost, it's almost sounds like keyboardy. I must admit, though, this one drags on for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 didn't get I, I, rec- this. I recall at the time, this is, this is the track you would live without. Right. And also, I'm not sure if it's because it was supposed to be an instrumental and I therefore had that in my head. I don't think that the, the word scam very well. It sounds a bit all, all over the place. I, I, I agree. I, like, this, right, this is uh, an example of if you listen to anything enough, you can kind of get to like it, I think. Okay. Right? And I, again, I don't think this is a bad song. Right? Okay. But I do think this album would be better without it. I see. Right, it'd be it'd be leaner and yeah. trimmer. Yeah, fine. Yeah, you're you right. Know, yes. Uh, look, I, I I quite like this song in a lot of ways. Mm. You know, and again, like I remember when like when when they played it, I was like really glad to hear it live because you know I'm mean, I think that the kind of the chorus, the my friend of misery, uh-huh. that's you know that's fucking solid. That's decent. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, it it does meander a little bit and not in. Not you know there were a lot of of really good very long Metallica songs. Sure, oh god, yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing about Metallica songs, they go all over the fucking place, but every bit seems to have a purpose. And yeah, or, or there, yeah, there's something to grab you at each. Point. Exactly, yeah. you know, you you wouldn't be like, ah, oh, fucking hell, you could trim a two minutes out of Master of Puppets and it'd still be just as good because okay, it yeah. wouldn't. It yeah. just simply wouldn't, right? You couldn't trim anything out of of one there. They're mm-hmm. big, long, epic Eight songs. Or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, epic sure. songs that need all of that. This is a big, long, epic song that uh, yeah, meanders. It, uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, I, again, I, I, I like this song well enough. Um, I, I think it's a, a, a decent enough song, but it is the closest thing to album filler on this. And, it, I see. you know, and it doesn't need to be seven minutes long. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, well, we've got one more to go. So track number 12 is The Struggle Within. Sounds like a fox. Yeah, yeah. Into classic March territory, aren't we? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, guitar. 
Uh, that, that guitar should just be called America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you smell the Dorothy Bates on it. Smell the rocket fuel. Yeah. Rocket red glare up in the sky. Yeah, you into this? Straight away into that. Oh, yeah. This one does nothing for me. Oh, I love that. See, that's, that's the throwback to classic Metallica. You've got, a, kind of the, you've got mm. that kind of thrash. Got da, 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 da. Yeah. No, that's probably why I'm not a big fan uh, see, of it. See, I, I think this is a perfect way to close this album out. Yeah, I, yeah. I think this was... I, I would not have put this as the last track. No, I really like this track. So, oh, okay. That, and the, the chorus on this track is fucking great. I think it's okay. Yeah, this, this doesn't do it for me, this one. There you go. That's so good, man. Right, nah, I don't see it. Nah, don't see it again. Again, that's. I would say, if I if I was doing non-single tracks, Uh I would in like a hierarchy. I would probably go of all for men. Yeah, obviously. Right. Yeah. Holier than thou. Yeah. uh, Struggle within. That's oh, pro- really? That's probably where I'd go. Shit, okay. And then, yeah, and then, so what else have we got after that? And we've got... Um, well, you've got God That Failed, My Friend of Misery. Oh, God That Failed is good, though. Don't Tread On Me. Yeah. Oh, see, I, it is difficult. It is difficult, because yeah. you, you fucking go in a... The, okay, so, anyway, so I, I like that one a lot more than oh, you Oh, yes, do. yeah, absolutely. I, I think that was not the sort of Metallica I wanted to hear after hearing this album. I think it probably would have fitted fine on one of the previous ones. But those aren't my favourite sign of Metallica. Fair enough. I see. I I really I, I really like those. I okay. you know I, I think uh, for me that the experience though was with any classic album, right? Yeah. And and I'm going to call this a classic album. Oh, that's entirely fair. Yeah, I think this is a classic album. That you know y- your journey is always the same way. It's like you know other classic albums. I would say like for example, Appetite for Destruction, mm-hmm. right? You know, Appetite for Destruction, first year you're listening to it, maybe, is all about the big singles and the the big tracks that could be singles that aren't singles, you know? But then the more you listen to it, the deeper cuts. If you ask me which Guns N' Roses songs I want to hear live most, Uh I'm going to, like, My Michelle and Rocket Queen are going to be up there. Yeah. Because those are the deeper album cuts that I really got into the more, you know, the more I listen to that record because they're the the slightly less familiar ones and they're the ones that take longer to get into your head. Uh And I had, because I listened to this album so much, I'm well aware that some of the lesser cuts on this record I have a lot more affection for. Right, because. than, Than something that, you know, if you're going into this and this is, you know, as a whole album, probably you know the top ten times you've done it or something. Like oh that. yeah, I I haven't listened to this whole album more than ten times. Yeah, yeah. so you know, uh, and I wouldn't expect that because you know it would have taken me, you know, kind of twenty, thirty, fifty listens to really get into, you know, like struggle with him being one. You know, the the affection for that track okay. was born over an extended period of time. Okay, at a time when I was really malleable to new music as yeah, well of so um it, you know so i, I what, what i'm saying is i'm i'm very aware that if i was listening to it for the first time or, or for the same I, I as time as you time yeah yeah i i, I may have what? i may have the same whatever opinion. so yeah. it's you know it's difficult that's the the difficulty with these albums that you know really well it's difficult to separate it out oh it totally is objective totally is possibly would have been but yeah so okay so that's the end of the record yes so uh 
my question, first question to you is, like you said, you've not listened to the album in full for years. Yeah. As, as from start to finish in full. How did you enjoy listening to it and start to finish? Oh, just as much as I always Really, did. yeah. It was, it was it was like, do you know what I mean? It was like finding a box of old photos and being yeah. like, oh, fuck, I remember this. Brilliant. I remember this. I remember this. Just fucking went on like a, a comfortable old pair of fucking trousers. Brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Loved it, mate. Really, really enjoyed it. As I say, the, thing, the things I was most surprised about was how things that I thought I was bored of, I wasn't. No, yeah. well, that's that's fantastic. That's a you know, testament to how mm-hmm. good songs they are. And, you know, stuff coming on, be like, oh, fuck yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Loved it. Uh, good. Good, Re- good, good, Really, really enjoyed it. And so the second question is, <laughs> what songs are we going to put onto our ongoing playlist? Oh, fuck, I can't answer that. Yeah. This is tough, because we, we've got... The, the rules are minimum one, maximum three. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to assume we're doing three. Yeah. There are more than three good songs on this. Mm-hmm. How do you whittle this shit down? Okay. So the, the, question, right, the question is this, right? It, okay. We've been here before, you know, like we were here recently with REM, for uh-huh. example, where we made the decision that we wouldn't. That's true. We didn't put Losing My Religion on. Yeah, because we're like, you know what there that are, song sounds yeah, like. Right? And, and there were uh, other as good to us songs yeah. that we put on. And, I, and yeah. I would say that that ultimately has to apply to Enter Sandman. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I don't think we need to put no. it on, Pe- even though we both love it. Okay. I would say to a lesser extent, that probably applies to Sad But True as well. Okay. Because that's a song that's had a lot of airplay. So for me, there are maybe only two or three tracks on the whole album that I wouldn't put on. Okay. Okay. That uh-huh. I don't, that I don't, that I think are, wouldn't, wouldn't no one do needs to hear that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Needs to. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think because of how much you like it, mm-hmm. we need to go wherever I may roam. Uh, that's my number one pick. Yeah, I so think, I, I think, would love that. To I think we have to have that because, okay. of, because of how much you like that. Good, right? lovely. Okay, now I'm going to make the case for a wolf and man. Are you? I'm fucking right I am <laughs> because I want people to hear that fucking song. Fuck it. okay. I want people to hear that song, right? And you know what? I'm not going to be upset if uh-huh. I lose the argument. I will uh-huh. underst- understand, right? Yeah. Okay, so maybe we'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. Right? So... I don't think we need to put Nothing Else Matters on here. I think that's... Oh, right. Um, no, again, I'm fine leaving it off. It's an amazing song. Fine leaving it off. Yeah. I would say Unforgiven, maybe. That's one of my other picks. Okay, so, so I, would, I would say those are songs that, if you're an absolute Metallica novice or only a casual Metallica person, uh, yeah. you, you could have avoided both of those songs. Well, that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. And the, it was those two songs played in a car in 1994 that I went, oh, right. There's more to this album. Yeah. So I would say go with those two. Uh-huh. Right? But I think we should have a non-single as a third one, right? Right. Okay. Right. Now, the choices would be, okay, uh, God That Failed, yeah. Struggle Within. I think we can straight away discount My Friend of Misery. That would, would, yeah, would, I, I would discount My Friend of Misery and I would discount, uh, and you, yeah, discount Struggle, struggle Within, within for me because you didn't, didn't care like for that. Okay, so that leaves us with well, um, Don't Tread On Me. Yeah, I would also discount Through The Never. Uh, yeah, I discount yeah. through the never as well. Yeah, but yeah, don't tread on me of Wolf and Man, the God that failed. Oh, and holier than thou, and holier than thou, right? Now, mm-hmm. what song would you make the case for? Of those four, yeah. I would I would make the case for the God that failed. That's the okay. one that I enjoyed mo- most of those ones. Right. Okay. I like the God that failed, mm-hmm. but I think we're going. I think that's another epic mid-pace song. Okay. Right. All right. So I don't think that's different enough from the two that we've chosen. Yeah. Right. And it's not enough about werewolves. <laughs> Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Um That is true. On the werewolf scale, it's yeah. right down there. I mean, literally, of songs on this album about werewolves, yeah. 
it is one of the the least about werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Right. I'll tell you what. If you're giving me Unforgiven and wherever I am, I roam, I'll give you a Wolf of Man. Shape shift. Fuck it out. It's got to be, man. It's okay. got to be. It's got to it. be. It's done. Right. Um, and what I would say to you is, if you if you <laughs> if you've never listened to Metallica's Black Album, um, go listen to it because it's a fucking great record. Sure. Um, and as with ever, let us know what you think of it. Send us send us your review of this album on Twitter. But yeah, yeah. let us know what you think of this record. Let us know what you think of any of the records, and we'll uh, we'll try, try and incorporate some of the feedback in uh, uh, in future shows. Yes. Yes. Indeed. And one thing I, I said it on the intro for. Uh, the seal episode but if you do enjoy the podcast and we really hope you do uh it's lovely to get the feedback but if you've got other friends that listen to podcasts and you think they might like it yeah please do tell them we're trying to get the word spread about it because we've now got a decent back catalog of episodes that we're really happy with yeah and we think it's a good one people can get stuck into so exactly you know, tell your mates yeah retweet us as well please mm. if, you, if, if we, we, we love getting likes on twitter we prefer getting retweets because other people see them yeah uh and yeah but, uh, but, but we also just love hearing your stories about your experience with these and yeah too. and and send us photos of your dicks oh yeah uh yeah because we just send them to each other and it's yeah a bit dull. exactly it's literally yeah. all of our dms <laughs> dick <Cool>. messages <laughs> anyway look this has been uh metallica's black album been metallica metallica week. we've enjoyed the fuck out of this yeah. one uh should we high five let's do it yeah anyway until next week i've been dave fensom i've been chris agreer he's been waffles the dog we'll see you later bye, bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast. And Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCL Music Podcast at gmail.com.